Now, having said all this, why aren't I 50 points ahead, you might ask? I need your help to get Donald Trump's record out to everybody. Nobody should be fooled. Come on, people now! Smile on your brother! Everybody get together! Try to love one another right Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? So, uh, it's it's very exciting to have a new Game of Thrones TV show come out uh, almost at the exact same time as uh, the $1 billion Lord of the Rings TV show on Amazon Prime, because you really, you know, for people that didn't like how Game of Thrones ended... Nine times out of ten, they say, well, it should have ended like Lord of the Rings. That's the way a real fantasy scene. <laughs> yeah, with 17 and, fucking endings that completely, you know, yeah. got less like, and do less you, impactful. Do you remember all the different endings that made no sense in that? <laughs> like, Yeah, uh, and, and uh, I, I would argue Game of Thrones, not a fantasy show. It is a political show. So, sorry, nerds, but <laughs> your headcanon is not with that show. It's like saying like, like The Wire. Yeah, I don't like how The Wire ended. Like, do you even remember how The Wire ended? Nobody remembers how the wire ended. I don't remember how the wire ended. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No one really fucking remembers how the wire ended, right? No. But no, <laughs> just, you know, I do remember how it ended for Omar. That's probably about it. And I think that was like the one of the last shots of the last episode. But other than no, that, I, that that was like in it wasn't even in the last season. I don't think. No, it def it had to have been in the last season. It might not uh, have been the last episode. No, See, but this is the point. Like nobody, no, nobody remembers how the fucking wire ended. We can't even remember right. how the wire ended. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've been enjoying uh, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, not dragons, even though there's multiple dragons, it's dragon like deer, it's plural and singular at the same time. Uh, but this weekend, I was forced to watch the first, and I say forced as in, like, I was not <laughs> given a choice. Will. Right. Yeah, uh, I was told that uh, the girlfriend's going to watch the Lord of the Rings show, the first two episodes, which basically meant I was going to watch them too. And, you know, I, I knew it was not going to be that great uh i wasn't prepared exactly for how not great um it's incoherent it, it's a, you don't know anyone's name and not in like a game of the thrones like well i'll, I'll know their name eventually um you don't know what any of the characters want because most of the characters don't have any you know drive or ambition for anything right. they're, they're just there to be like the the you know like the fucking you know, piece of the board game, you know, Dungeons and Dragons that you need to tell you the thing. Like every every character only exists to like give some exposition about a thing you don't care about. And then it's just oh, now there's like a scary scene and now there's a water scene and now there's a lava scene and now there's a fucking, you know, mist scene. And like there's some fighting and there's some orcs and it's like, what, what, what do these people want? What is their goal? What's their ambition? You never know. You never get a sense of well, anyone wanting anything. It's just like, here's the set piece we made and Somebody says some fucking poetry shit and then somebody's mad because the war is over and they want more war. And that's that's like the only motivation one character has. Right. Right. And that's like the only character that has any motivation. <laughs> and then you have a show like Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon where you every single character has their own ambition and you know exactly what it is. And if you, you can't figure out someone's ambition, you, that's because they're trying to conceal it. And that's the mystery. And that's the fun part and of like figuring out. They couldn't be more different, basically. <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's the thing that none of these fucking soulless corporations that try to make the next Game of Thrones ever understand about why Game of Thrones is, is successful. They think, oh, fantasy setting, dragons, you know, palace intrigue, all that stuff. And yeah, all that stuff's great. But again, like I was never a big fantasy fan. You were never a big fantasy fan. We fucking no. love this show because of the characters, because you empathize with somebody like Jon Snow because you empathize with somebody like Daenerys 
in the first, you know, seven seasons, six seasons. And whether they're good or bad, it's easy to empathize with somebody when you understand what they want. They have real life, real human emotions. Right. What their drive is, you know, and if you're an actor playing a role and it's like, well, what's my character's motivation? It's like, uh, doesn't really have one. You're just in it. Right. You're You're just an elf. You're just, there's a festival and there's some dwarves and it's the harvest and I don't know, just fucking go crazy with it. Right. And that's like, (laughs) and people make fun of that. Like, who, what's my motivation? But that's literally fucking storytelling one-on-one. Like if you don't have a main character or main characters who have compelling motivations, protagonists and antagonists, you're not going to make something that people remember. You're going to make something that's a fucking, you know, either a popcorn flick or just a fucking dusty, you know, boring piece of shit. Like that's what you're going to make. If the character doesn't have a motivation and a reason for being in the room, why are they in the scene? Right. Right. Like what do you uh, you look at a show like The Boys where every single person has their own ambition. Right. And occasionally their ambitions overlap and they work together. But still, like they're never all, all totally on the same page. But you know exactly where each person is. Right. And that's just good storytelling. It's great writing. Um, you know, I've, I've never read the comic. I'm assuming it's mostly the source material for a lot of the writing. But still, like just every character is so well defined. Yeah. Right. And then you look at it, like the Lord of the Rings and it's just like, you know, even the original Lord of the Rings movies were vastly better than this is. This right. Is, which is, is just like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Um, and even like the main character, you're just, just blank slate, no personality, no, no quirks, no flaws, just, well, I want to go on this quest. It's like, and I halfway through the first episode, I'm like, where are they even going right now? Like wh- there's like a 10 people and they're all going and they're like climbing a mountain and it's fucking at night and there's a blizzard and it's, it's like, what, where are you g- even going? What's we, the point of this? Oh, we're, t- we're going to find a castle and the castle's scary. And then there's a monster inside. And like, what was the point of any of that? I don't know. You like Lord of the Rings, right? And like, no, <laughs> it was the point was the friends we made along the way. That was the <laughs> point of the, um, and then just also the really, generic PG violence, you know, where it's like, right. you can't, you can't like you, you swing the sword and then like, you know, you hear a off camera, but you don't actually see any fucking violence. Right. And it's like, what, what is this? Which again, the reason game of Thrones fucking works is because it's real people fucking brutally murdering each other, not people fighting CGI blobs or CGI fucking orcs or whatever, you know, nonsense they fought. They fight in Lord of the Rings or they fight in the suicide squad or any yeah. fucking, you know, like it's just, that's the things that have staying power are things that you genuinely can lose yourself in. And when you see something that's obviously fucking like fake looking as like, you know, the main kind of sort of antagonist of a show. It's like it really, I, for me, at least it really takes me out of it. So I, it's just, yeah. yeah. And, and, but you know, and by, oh, by the way, and game, we're going to review in depth episode three and four next week as like a going forward, probably just going to do regular show house of the dragon every other week for the next, you know, yeah, because I, I can't like five come up more. probably, at least up until the finale, probably, I think it'd be good right. to double up on episodes, so that way we're still doing political stuff. It's been a right, very, right, very right. slow political summer. We've just been kind of waiting for, like, some shit to happen, and some shit happened this week, so. Uh, actually, the last couple of weeks, we just, like, didn't get around to it. So. Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, it's just, it's just I think it's easier, because I get burned out talking about political stuff, you know, I'm sure, you know, everyone, it, it, it's just, I think it works out better this way. But yeah. we'll be doing the yeah House of Dragon three episodes three and four next week. Well, you didn't finish um, the third one yet either, and let me tell you, it is uh, by far. I mean, there's only three episodes out yet, but it's still like it's. And they've all been fucking awesome, one. which is which is crazy. You know, how, you know the level of well quality that they're bringing so far. You know, we, we had to wait like three seasons to get like a real battle in that first show because they always were just like, oh, a battle, cut away, <laughs> you know, and this, you know, because they had no budget. They were like, yeah, let's, let's uh, just yeah, knock. Yeah, no we, remember we were trying to figure out what season somebody got knocked out at and then the battle was over and we were like, oh, wait, we're both thinking of different times that that happened in the first right. season. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do it twice. I mean, a little bit more of a battle the third time, but it was still like, we got to cut this off here right. at, at the point, but um, yeah, you'll be happy with it. I know you, you only watched part of it so far, but it's, it's, um, well, even the opening, the fucking, it, it, you know, and we're not going to talk about it in depth, but just the scene where there, where, where you see another fucking, you know, pirate raid, and then all of a sudden, out of the fucking darkness, you see the the flames from fucking uh, Caraxes or whatever uh, Damon's dragon is, where he, he just starts fucking torching. People. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, it's you know some of the best sequences of the show mm-hmm. are where just like there's no dialogue, right? Where there right. could be dialogue, but they choose not to have any dialogue. And there's a sequence in this where even like the sound of like what's going on in the scene 
gets dropped way down and it's almost just music for like it feels like about 10 15 minutes right and there's i mean there's been some great scenes that have kind of done that like uh right. you know when the sep gets blown up that still had a lot of you know like environmental sounds that you're hearing while that long piano piece keeps moving oh, everything along God, that was such a good score i forgot but about this that. is this is like a little bit different where it's almost it, it feels like something that have, you haven't quite seen before uh even though some of the visuals are you know very reminiscent of, of things we've seen before so uh i think you'll dig it and uh yeah great show i'm gonna be really sad though when they get at past the first six seasons and they change up like a bunch of the cast because they uh skip ahead in many years i think the first five episodes I, I think after episode five i think i heard is when they switch over which yeah it really sucks because yeah. um what's her name millie alcock she's been fucking amazing she's been probably the best part of the show so i'm really yeah bummed to lose be, her. it's gonna be rough because I'm, I'm just like that fucking <laughs> i look at the, i look at this girl and i'm like that kid should be in pictures i'm like oh wait sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but i'd imagine that they've had really good casting decisions even though when i, when I first heard about the cast i was kind of like oh the guy from hot fuzz is gonna be the king i don't really get that but then you see the kind of king he is you're like oh okay never mind that's he's perfectly cast for that for that sort of king like you you know it, it's and, and same with damon it's just like it you sometimes they know a little bit better than we do in terms of just like you know who would be good for roles and things like that so i i'll give them the benefit of the doubt until you know we we see otherwise on the uh the adult versions of these characters <clears throat> speaking of uh regimes that oh, also blessed. lord of the rings oh, also <laughs> lord of the rings fucking blows anyway yes let's continue <laughs> yeah so we were going to start talking about gorbachev we're going to start talking about chile well, yeah, let's mention, obviously, the biggest news uh, of, of last week, which was uh, Michel, <laughs> Michel, <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, Mikhail, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe Mikhail, uh, title. died uh, this week, and, um, you know. At the ripe old age of 91. Um, right. And I, there's been at least a couple times where, in the last few years, I would hear something about Gorbachev and I'd be like, I thought he died. You said, we literally <laughs> I, did this on the show like a month ago. We said that we had this thing where we we're like, oh, he's dead, right? And then we looked it up. We're like, oh, no, I guess he's not. <laughs> I guess he's it's not dead. just the total Mandela effect. I don't it know really what it is. Weird. is. And then, no, he was still alive. Uh, and there it was just a documentary. Well, I think it's because Yeltsin died ago. and we thought he died. It, it, yeah, it was a whole thing. Okay. I can't believe Yeltsin lived as long as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons Gorbachev was very uh, pro Putin was because he hated Yeltsin and they Yeltsin and, and Gorbachev both kind of blamed each other for the collapse of the Soviet Union because they both wanted to preserve it, but in different ways. And then also there was like these, you know, total Stalinist hardliners that were, you know, the ones that kind of were, were behind the, the failed coup. But that also it was like everybody was trying to do their own thing to save the Soviet Union. And in each of their own way, caused the collapse of like right. the greatest revolution. <laughs> right, and and century. you know the, the 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 start of it can certainly be laid at the fucking footsteps of Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, he he let the fucking he let the he let the vampires in the fucking house. Like he <sighs> right, you know for for whatever you want to say about him, and he has a complicated legacy. I think he ultimately is has to share the line has to take the lion's share of the blame for accelerating the collapse of the soviet union i mean it certainly was in an economic downturn you know due to just decades of of western uh pressure and mismanage i mean there's a very you know it, this is this happens to every empire things come and go and you know uh it, it, it's just it, it's very unfortunate that that he embraced western you know market driven capitalism so uh forcefully that but while still trying to claim that he was, you know, trying to preserve the Soviet Union, he was just trying to evolve it. And, you know, it it, it it always read like fucking, you know, center left bullshit to me when I would read about him. Obviously, I wasn't, you know, super cognizant of what was going on at the time. But when I've read about him, how, in, in, how old were you? Uh, 1991, uh, three so Three. yeah, I was, yeah. I was not really super in depth uh, into what you know the the, or the economic policies of uh, Mikhail Gorbachev at the time, but well, I remember it, um, and I was just to the age where I was you know becoming starting the yeah geopolitically aware, you know, like the the Gulf War um, that that was a fucking bunch of bullshit because everyone's like, yeah, you should go help Kuwait, and then we were like, yeah, but now we're going to invade another country too. It's like, hey, well, that's, I mean, look, isn't that throwing... the thing you just attacked Iraq for? Was invading another country, and now you're just going to go invade another? Give, country give us or... a break, though. They were throwing babies out of incubators. I mean, what were we going to do? Just not, just, just not, not stop them throwing the babies out of the incubators. I mean, come oh, on, my God, 
They were throwing. They were had to make room for the WMD somewhere. Anthony. And the nursery ward was the <laughs> only place that could fit them. Did we check when we went back in two thousand two for for for? Did we check the incubators to see if that's where they were hiding the weapons of mass destruction? I think that's probably the one spot we didn't check when we went back. Almost certainly, we we should probably go back and check again in another <laughs> five to ten years. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, so th- this was this was an era where I was was aware, although you know the the coverage we got about it here was very just like show the picture of the building getting hit by the tank shell and then show people cheering. And it's like, well, which, who are they cheering for? Like, <laughs> right. which side, like there's no context given. There was no context given. It was just, who knows? You know, who cares? Finally, <laughs> finally the cold war is over because we have, you know, a uh, freedom and democracy triumphed over totalitarian communism. And I was like, this, is that is that really what happened? Because I feel like that's probably not what happened. But I don't really know a lot about this stuff yet. Like, I'm still like, I just know that our two countries are going to nuke each other. So, like, that's not going to happen still, right? Oh, that still could happen. Okay, great. Wonderful. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because like once I was once I learned like what a nuclear explosion was and, and had been, you know, shown footage and photos of, you know, uh, mushroom clouds. I, you know, I was a kid. I was like, you know. Before, before this is long before the fall of Soviet Union, I was a kid and I'd be like, look up at the sky and be like, is that a must? Is that a nuclear bomb? Like, no, that's just a fucking thunderhead. That's just a storm cloud. That's just a regular cloud. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to tell? It's like you'll hear about it. You, somebody will tell you. <laughs> you won't have to wonder. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was like I still I grew up when there were still people that had the fallout shelters, you know, on their property, um, which you know then nobody ever used for fallout shelters. They just became like an extra place to, you know, throw crap. You couldn't fit in your garage for your old couch. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, or like the, you know, like I, there was a, um, a family that lived in my rural neighborhood that lived in an old church and they had a, a fallout shelter on their property. And like the kids just played in it. It was <laughs> like, yeah. So it was just like, Oh, this is cool. We got a little bunker here. We can play in. This is fun. <laughs> so, right. It just became a toy. It just became a toy. Oh, I can imagine that'd be the coolest fucking thing in the world if you're like an eight year old and you have a fallout shelter to fucking, you know, oh, play yeah. manhunt or whatever. Like that's well, uh, that's amazing. And it, I think they never even finished building it. So like part of it was was sort of open and above ground and they never like filled in all the dirt around it. So it was almost like a like a little um you know, like the shit they built on the fucking uh, the beaches of Normandy, the Germans. Yeah, did. Yeah. It was like a bunker. It was like a bunker that you could oh, like shoot cool. out of. It was the perfect little fucking, you know, play yeah. war fort for little kids. So, yeah, all this is happening. But also at the same time, like, it, it, you know, it, things happen so quickly day to day of this little, you know, failed coup. And then, you know, they basically people stepping down, people getting fired, people committing suicide, <laughs> um, people going to jail. Right. Really quickly. And then right after that, you know, basically. Yeltsin says, well, we're going to, you know, the we're Russia is, you know, after all these other satellite countries declare their independence, you know, they thought, well, at least we got Russia. And then Yeltsin was like, oh, yeah, we're going to I'm going to I'm going to ban the Communist Party, basically, and shut down all their offices. And Gorbachev was just like, hey, don't. But also, uh, I can't stop you because I'm the president of the Soviet Union, not the president of Russia. So, like, I can't stop you from doing that. Um, so yeah, it was a big clusterfuck, but you have to kind of wonder like, was, was Yeltsin really in on it from the start to be like, Hey, I can make a shitload of money in Russia if we open up the markets and then get rid of the Soviet union. So there's no control at all. Right. And that's what he did. He just sold off everything. And then the country went from being poor to being dirt fucking broke. Yeah. And unemployment skyrocketed. Life expectancy went down by 10. I I believe I read 10 years in the, in the, you know, the 10 year period, like after, after perestroika and all that, like it, yeah. life expectancy dropped like 10 years on average, which is fucking insane. Like that. Well, and so a lot of the uh, things that I think people, um, attribute to Gorbachev were actually done by Yeltsin. Right. So, oh yeah, I know for sure. I, I think it's, I think they, they, you know, they, they deserve, you know, equal shares of the blame or certainly, sure. you know, well, so I have a few couple of things I want to read here. Um, uh, mostly from Western media, praising Gorbachev and the way in which they praise them tells you exactly why he shouldn't be praised. But most of them acknowledge that he was still trying to basically save the Soviet Union by reforming it into being more like a liberal democracy. Mm -hmm. And when we refer to liberal democracy, we mean capitalist country, a Western capitalist nation, Western democracy, quote unquote, liberal means liberalized markets. Democracy means no restriction on business. (laughs) That is what those words actually mean. (laughs) Yes. Let's see here. Just just a little background. In case you don't know who Mikhail Gorbachev is, I just want to read just a little little descriptive bio. 
born March 2nd, 1931, <laughs> Pisces, died 30 August 2022, was a Soviet pol- politician who served as the last of the Soviet Union, of the last leader of the Soviet Union. He's actually the first only and last president of the Soviet Union. He made that title to hold on to his position uh, so they couldn't fire him. Uh, but he was the head of the Soviet Union from 1985 to the country's dissolution in 1991, he served as uh, General Secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union from 1985, and additionally as head of state beginning in 1988 as chairman of the president of the Supreme Soviet from 1988 to 1989. They love their fucking titles over there. Chairman of the Supreme. Oh, I remember that one. Uh, and president of the Soviet Union from 1990 to 1991. Ideologically, Gorbachev initially adhered to Marxism. Marxism. Marx Lenin, but moved towards social democracy by the early 1990s. So, yeah, fucking DSA. Um, you still with me? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. All right. So this this was an interesting bit. N- not exactly uh, condemnation. Not exactly. Um, I'm not sure, really sure what you call this, but this was an interesting take from The Guardian uh, from a guy named uh, Ivan Krastev. And most of his stuff, I've looked through the rest of the things he wrote. It's all neoliberal crap but this was a little maybe a little pearl of truth in here so he writes uh, for most westerners what is difficult to grasp is that the man who destroyed soviet communism was one of the few genuine marxists in the soviet leadership i still see lenin as our god gorbachev confessed in mansky's film there's a documentary came out i mentioned in 2019 i think um, it was this devotion to marxism that explains so much of the last soviet leader's time and power it was his firm belief in the attractiveness of socialism that saved the world from a Soviet version of Tiananmen Square. Like, eh, I mean, that's, 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 that's very speculative. Yes. I, I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, like Marx was going to be the guy that's like, no, 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 don't, uh, don't resist the tanks. Uh, <laughs> in the late 1980s, Soviet and Chinese elites had stopped seeing this future as an extended struggle to build community, uh, a communist society. But their views contrasted on the role of the Communist Party and the role of violence. Gorbachev traced the downfall of communism to the party's failure to fulfill the inspiring promises of Marxism. And he believed that socialism would morally discredit itself if the army fired on its own people. I I would argue that every country (laughs) that is fired on its own people doesn't then say, well, we our our ideology has failed because we had to kill our own citizens. Like, why, why would you... (laughs) <laughs> yeah why would you hold communism to that standard if you're whatever not holding anyone else to that standard, yeah i mean yeah. think about how many times the, the u.s army has been used also, to attack its own citizens and it's we, also we would, very you know sp- you know you could you could say oh well the venezuelan government fired on its own citizens yeah on a bunch of fucking you know western fucking you know mercenaries who were trying to you know who were getting funded from the cia trying to fucking overthrow their government like that's you know th- th- that's a very broad brush to paint things with like you know i right we we would never we would never say that you know because um you know because in 1930 we had the national guard attack the the bonus army veterans and cite their light their camps on fire on on the capitol lawn that therefore we we all must you know admit that capitalism doesn't work it, it has failed as an ideology because we attacked our own people. <laughs> like, no, it fails as, as an ideology all on its own. It doesn't need that. It really has no, you know, right. factor in, into it one way or another, as, as you're alluding to. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he really was a peacenik down, you know, at, at heart. But I just I feel like they are everyone's sort of grabbing onto his death is, is, you know, a place to write obituaries to reinforce Western capitalist values that he somehow championed by failing at saving communism in Russia. Right. So that one last paragraph here, Chinese leaders saw the crisis of communism through a different lens, skeptical of the central tenets of Marxism. They remained impressed by the capacity of the communist party to exercise power, to organize society around shared long-term aims and to defend the territorial integrity of the state. Gorbachev believed communism had failed because it had not managed to build a socialist society. For the Chinese leadership, communism had succeeded because the party had managed against uh, against reformable odds to unify the state and society while preserving its monopoly on power. So I would argue that that's partially true, but that's kind of not the point, though. <laughs> like, 
they they held on to power at a time when you know they were barely a country they were going through you know 15 year long civil war then world war ii you know i i would say that the idea that they're uh, you know only latching on to communism as an ideology to maintain power you could say that about any country's ideology like yeah. that's there's nothing there's nothing special about that but what they do with it is make sure that people have jobs and have a home <laughs> and can afford not to go into you know you don't have rampant homelessness they have a life expectancy longer than the US they get to retire at age 55 right and then i hear you say but at what cost <laughs> <laughs> right right like <sighs> yeah so if that's authoritarianism uh it sounds pretty good to me yeah yeah no of course but that's you know it, it's just yeah i don't know he he's a complicated figure but i think ultimately you know <clears throat> like most us progressive leaders he ultimately makes the capitulations that he feels is necessary to help achieve the most gains possible, not realizing or not caring that the minute you let the capitalists in the door, your shit's fucking over. Like that's just historically always been true. The minute you give them and they, we literally are like vampires. Like if you let us in the house, we're going to fucking bite your whole family. It doesn't matter that you were nice to us and made us a nice little fucking pot roast. Like we're going to, we're going to bite your whole family. Um, he was pretty open about regretting some of the choices he made, uh, right. especially after NATO uh, expanded countries by the number of 14 towards their border. Uh, he's like, yeah, don't ever <laughs> but trust. You guys the- said you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't ever trust the Americans. Look at me. They fucking conned me into this shit. Right. right. They, um, you know, and he did, he did good things. You know, he was all about trying to stop the nuclear arms race, trying to reduce the number of nuclear weapons in the world. Um, that was a good thing. Uh, I would argue that, you know, pushing for more freedom of the press was a good thing. Uh, I would argue getting rid of the Berlin wall. I mean, they didn't really get rid of it. They just kind of like said, Hey, you can cross it now and do whatever you want. And they, people tore it down on their own. Right. Uh, like, yeah, those are good things. But like, that was just a, a totally symbolic thing for the West. Anyways, you think that like, Reagan or anyone else in America really gave a fuck about people in Berlin? No, no. of course not. Only, <laughs> only to use it as a fucking, you know, big speech line. But I mean, ultimately, as, and, as we're building a 1800 mile long border wall. <laughs> right. As Joe Biden's continuing to build fucking Donald Trump's border wall. Um, I, I think ultimately and not to, not to bring it back to this, but, it, it, you know, you can see a lot of shades of Gorbachev echoed in like in, in Viserys on the, on the new House of the Dragon show. It's very much like He's not a um, purely, you know, evil or good or noble or, uh, you know, particularly effective leader. He just thinks he's doing the right thing, but he doesn't have the the leadership ability to know when he needs to be. I don't know, hard. And, and especially because he came up like with Khrushchev, right? And yeah. they were kind of like, well, we got to de-Stalinify a few things here. Like, we got to get rid of the gulag. Um, you know, the, the people that are still there get to let, write letters home now and they can have clothes sent to them, you know, like right. they were trying to get rid of some of the worst aspects, but they certainly, I, I just think that he was too much of a softie, yeah. you know, like maybe he really yeah. was like a Marxist humanist and was not enough of a tanky. And that's why the coup happened. You know, they were like, you, you know, you're, you're, you're turning this shit over to the people that want to destroy us. Right. And he yeah. went on and he, he formed a bunch of organizations some of them probably good other ones probably not um he was he started something called the green cross which was a um, global environmental group i guess uh started the union of social democrats which their logo looks it's basically the dsa logo <laughs> um he also started with see the communist party of the russian soviets and something like they have a cool looking fucking logo with like the hammer and sickle and like old school wheatgrass looking thing so i, right. I took some screenshots and tweeted this out on our uh, move left idiots uh, Twitter account. If you want to take a look. So yeah, you know, mixed bag. I just, I felt like we should talk about it a little bit. Cause you know, we, um, like I, I was going to have to, you know, I thought he was dead already. <laughs> so did I. We, I think I, 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 maybe I'm totally misremembering. I could have sworn we had this conversation like two months ago where we thought he was I dead so. and we, so. and then we figured out it. We were thinking we Elton. We killed him. by yeah, thinking I, about him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I we knew I was going to have existence. To, uh, yeah, I spent all afternoon like reading up on stuff because it's like you, you remember certain things about certain historical events. And you're like, I don't know if that's really how that happened. Like, did he did he resign during the coup or did he not? Did he resign afterward? Like, I don't I didn't remember all that shit. Right. And it's impossible to f- I mean, not impossible. It's very difficult to find a good account of what actually happened when it comes to leftist, communist, socialist uh, governments. Uh 
you know, historically in the world, because just everything you're going to read from, you know, your typical sources is going to be just completely right. Western imperial imperialist. Well, what, I always, what I always look for is, you know, reporting or you know, accounts of things that will say, well, here, this person said this, this person said that. So it could have happened two different ways. Right. Right. But it was like, like basically, you know, he wouldn't resign. So they were like, well, fuck it. We'll just dissolve it out from under you. So you have nothing to resign from. Right. So that's what that's what they did. It was like, if you can't if we can't run the Soviet Union the way we want. And now that we look bad because of this failed coup attempt and now we're all going to go to jail. Like, let's just, just dissolve the whole thing. Fuck it. <laughs> and that's kind of how it went down um, from from everything that I've read. Right. And and just from memory, too. But, you know, who knows? And who knows how much of this was being fractured and pumped by the CIA? Probably a lot. There was probably people who were paid off, probably people who were said you know they were told hey we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this uh restriction on you doing business and we're gonna make you fucking filthy rich but we need to you to you know take down this these institutions because we want to make money we go want to put the fucking pizza hut right in moscow (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean that's and and that's ultimately going to be his enduring legacy is he's the guy in the fucking pizza hut commercials you know like that's how he's going to be remembered and he ultimately deserves to wear that around his neck because that's ultimately the, the result of his actions. You know, he may have had good intentions. He may have been trying to do the right thing, but you fucked up and a lot of people suffered and are still suffering because of it. I'd argue, you know, (laughs) millions of people suffered indirectly from the results. Did you, uh, did you see the actions? Um, so I had another thing to read. I'm not going to read all of this. I read a bunch, but it it was a, a, a piece by the New Yorker. Uh, by a guy named David Remnick, who I almost guarantee works directly for the CIA, given the rest of his titles of his things he's written. Uh, it was the article was called Mikhail Gorbachev's Enduring Example. You know, oh, it's, you know, just just the fucking the word choice there already. It's like, all right, you're a fucking spook. Right. Um, and, the, and the whole article isn't about Mikhail Gorbachev. It's about Vladimir Putin. <laughs> it's just like, here's a way we can fucking make Vladimir Putin look evil. So they basically say that. And he basically says, you know, how what a great guy uh, Mikhail Gorbachev was because he went to the funerals of people he didn't agree with. And Vladimir Putin is not going to attend the funeral of Mikhail Gorbachev. And but apparently he like swung by the the hospital where he died and like laid a wreath or some shit and then left immediately, (laughs) which is just like the kind of shit Trump would do just to kind of be like, yeah, I did it. But I'm going to make sure that everyone knows I didn't want to do it. Um, And it's it's just hilarious how much they, you know. Like can't can't stand that, you know, somebody who's been around forever and is our adversary or enemy is still more popular than the guy that collapsed the Soviet Union. There's just a little bit here. I had uh, this where to go. Oh, so in October 1990, Gorbachev was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. He was flattered but acknowledged mixed feelings about the accolade. Polls indicated that 90% of Soviet citizens disapproved of the award, which was widely <laughs> seen as a Western anti-Soviet accolade. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, kiss of death. We want to make you unpopular with your own people, uh, Mr. Communist, Mr. Marxist. So we're going to give you an award that is only given out to Western capitalists. <laughs> and so it's just kind of like, oh, gee, thanks, guys. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, 90% of the public thought that he was a fucking tool for taking that yeah no and and he was that's i mean that's and that's ultimately the goal of the west and you know uh i think his legacy is pretty well cemented and and and, you know obviously i think the people who who lived in 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 soviet russia and in the soviet union have much more negative feelings on him than anyone in the west does and that should tell you all you need to know about uh his true legacy and you see like you know i i always judge politicians based on the the sort of hagiographies they get and who gives it to them. So when I saw right. Gary Kasparov, Hillary Clinton, you know, a bunch of <laughs> fucking shit bags praising Gorbachev pretty, pretty effusively, I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I, I think that pretty much cements what I think about Gorbachev oh, yeah. in the go, opposite go, direction. Because Go back and go, go to YouTube and just Google Thatcher and Gorbachev and listen to the things that Margaret fucking Thatcher had to say about him. Mm. Well, we completely disagree on almost everything, but mm-hmm. I know I could definitely do agreements in business with him. It's just, it's like, 
Well, yeah, good news. They have a they have a Thatcher 2.0 now, so we can see how she feels about, about Gorbachev yeah. and his if passing. You, if Margaret Thatcher has ever said a good thing about you, you're a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, not that he, we were even going to cover this this week, but the UK just elected a new... I, I, I don't even know if I could say the UK elected a new prime minister, that the conservative party elected a new leader of part, whatever way their goofy fucking Holly, system works. Yeah. Their, their fucking system is just like the Tories are always in power, except for once in a while, the labor party gets somebody in there who's basically a Tory and they elect <laughs> right. their prime minister by whoever is in power. Just pick somebody. The, 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 the fucking ministers of parliament of whatever the reigning party is just goes, all right, it's your turn to do it for like 18 months. And then it'll be somebody else's because you'll get into fucking scandal after scandal. Right. And it's just, it's a fucking clown show. Like they don't even, you know, even more than our country is I can't, I, like every time I put on the crown or any show about fucking British anything, I'm like, what, it, what the fuck kind of fucking political system is this? You, this is even you, more wrecked than our Iowa caucus two years well, ago. And, and, and you see why our fucking political system comes so much. Cause we're the fucking bastard offspring of these fucking. Whoa, 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 whoa. These what, what were you about to say? <laughs> I was like, oh wait, that's not a that's not a cool term. That's a, um, that's a thing the East Coasters used to say back in the '90s that popped into your head. I don't. Know yes, no, that. it literally was a yeah. Let's let's clip that part out. Thirty five minutes in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I'm really tired, dude. I, can't, I don't know what to tell you. So chilly. <laughs> um, not the restaurant. Try not to say anything racist. <laughs> the, the nation no. of Chile. Uh, yeah. So chill. Yeah. So it, it's just it, yeah. It, so they they had a um, a referendum, I guess, on this new constitution. Uh, President uh, Gabe, I'm sorry, what was his name? Gabriel Boric. 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 Yeah, Boric. Yeah. Uh, you know, the leftist president elected uh, in Chile very recently. I think it was just earlier this year, or maybe late last year. Uh, we talked about that at the time, uh, mm-hmm. and so they 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 held a referendum on. They they said like we're tearing up this fucking right-wing constitution we're rewriting it from scratch we're going to include a bunch of you know labor-friendly leftist policies and uh it it for whatever reason didn't get through it didn't pass uh and so now they're they're kind of sort of scrambling and regrouping and uh i guess going to try again but it's it's just very unfortunate and i'm sure you have a little bit more kind of background on that but Yes. So once again, uh, you can tell the agenda of the people who are writing about this out of Washington um, and just just the right in general is heralding this as a victory uh, against the far left forces of South America, uh, which, you know, this guy, this this, uh, Gabriel Boric uh, looks like your typical, you know, DSA endorsed fucking city alderman. You know, city councilor, like he doesn't look like a president at right. all. He's he's like, I think he's like 38 years old, very young looking. Um, and this was, you know, it was kind of like a more and more countries are going socialist right now in Latin America. And the CIA is having problems, you know, pulling off coups because now we have Twitter. Uh, but it's just it's it's hilarious to watch like old media write about this and just leaving out all the important context of where the country really is right now. And right. And also what they frame in this this constitution that was voted down by the public as as being a thing we need to fight against is really fucking telling. Right. The things they picked out of all 388 different items as like the big reason why people would never want to have these things. Right. So first off, I'll start with the Washington Examiner, probably the most far right newspaper in Washington. Washington Examiner says Chilean voters decisively rejected a proposed far-left constitution and a major blow for Chile's uh, formerly ascendant left, especially President Gabriel Borch. So that was, that was just the title of the article, which, uh, like, that, that's a whole fucking paragraph on its own. Like, where's the editor there? <laughs> right. um, so they, they write, the proposed constitution crafted by a coalition of mostly far and center-left candidates would have been one of the longest ever, enshrining over 100 fundamental rights across 170 pages and 388 articles. According to The Economist, in a mandatory referendum, approximately uh, approximately 62% of the voters voted against the new constitution. Not a single one of Chile's 16 regions voted in favor. I get regions is like state, province, I don't know. The country will now, um, the country will for now keep the Chilean constitution, which was originally drafted under the dictatorship of General Augusto Pinochet. So at least the Washington Examiner can call Pinochet a dictator. 
Like at least, at least they're like in the ballpark of like fucking reality. Right. Among the more than 100 fundamental rights proposed in the propo- uh, proposed in the proposed constitution, that's a clumsy sentence. Yeah. Uh, were quote uh, in the constitution were quote neurodiversity, adequate, healthy, sufficient, nutritionally complete, and culturally relevant food, sex education, abortion, physical activity, safe and violence-free environments, universal health care free time, an unfettered right for trade unions to strike, and the right for Chileans to, to develop their personality, identity, and life projects. Autonomous, Can't have that. No. No. Autonomous territories would be set up for indigenous Chileans um, with their own government uh, and justice systems. Elected bodies would be required to compose, uh, be comprised of at least 50% women. Uh, the government would be required to fight climate change, and property rights would be weakened. Uh-oh. Can't have that. <laughs> So yeah, just like a list of like normal things that like normal people you think would want, and right. they were like the people who were opposed to it, the corporations largely, um, spent something like four times as much money getting people to vote against it as the people trying to get people to vote for it. So sure. I guarantee there was a lot of fake news that told people like, you know, oh, it doesn't just allow take abortions. your house away it, if you it forces you to have an abortion, you know, right? Like, whatever. Um, so the next one, Washington Times, uh, I would say almost as, as far right as the yes examiner. very much so uh chile rejects proposed left-wing constitution in sunday vote citizens oppose the new constitution by a 26 or uh, 62 sorry 62 to 38 percent margin according to official returns it would have replaced the constitution that was originally put in place during the military dictatorship of augusta pinochet in 1981 NPR reported that the text of the new constitution called for legalized abortions, gender parity in government offices, and uh, the abolition of Chile's Senate, and the establishment of autonomous indigenous territories. It would also have called for universal health care, the right to decent housing, education, and pensions, all of which would have brought up a steep, uh, all would have brought on a steep tax increase. <laughs> so it's just like... Yeah, like you give a shit about how much people are paying taxes in in Chile. Oh no, you don't. You don't give a shit. Right. It's just you, you know that's catnip for your fucking right wing readers, right? Uh, uh, while the nation is socially conservative, NPR reported that the proposed constitution was written by a special assembly made up of mostly <clears throat> leftists and progressives. Can't have that. Nope. So it's it's like what what do they really care? What do they really care about? Do they really care about making sure people can't have an abortions there? Do they really care that people would have a right to decent housing? I would argue, yeah, I mean, they, they hate the poor, but not enough to, you know, pay someone to write about why those are bad. But the Washington Post, arguably the most left wing out of the three newspapers, which to me still means they're fucking far right extremists. They didn't mince any words with their uh, assessment. So this came, this is an op-ed that Washington Post put out uh, a couple days before the vote. Headline, Chile should send its proposed constitution back for a rewrite. Re- rewrite. <laughs> Fuck, man. Well, no, re-white re- is probably actually more accurate in this case. But yeah. So this is the the first sentence of the first paragraph of this op-ed. Lithium is a key input in batteries that run millions of laptops and upon which the United States is basing its electrified automated future. <laughs> <laughs> the, literally the first word of the article is lithium. Like, we're not going to fucking pretend it's anything else. It's just about the fucking, it's about the money. It's, it's, about, it's the about the fucking the lithium. Right. Unless they go back and rewrite the Constitution to declare that the United States has sole proprietary rights over that lithium under their ground that they're hoarding, uh, we're not going to support it. Right. So it just continues a little bit. Chile sits atop the world's largest lithium reserve. It produced about 25% of the world's commercial supply in 2020. That's reason enough to pay attention to Chile's impending September 4th referendum on a proposed new constitution. It could recast the legal framework for mining in, in the South American nation, which has an 18 year old free trade agreement with the United States. Free trade, free trade agreement, Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness. Yep yeah it, it it's just you know it again it's it's the fucking oh he admitted meme uh, they, they can't <laughs> right. help but fucking just be like yeah no it's about the lithium you stupid fox of course it's about the lithium and you, you think elon he, needs his fucking his fucking walking you know car bombs he needs to he needs to make more of them and he can't do that unless we it, steal you, lithium it's not like this country is going to stop mining lithium it means that this it, that the people of Chile would have more control over it and not a bunch of foreign corporations. Right. That, that's all that's at stake here. 
it's not as though they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, the fucking Green Party of Chile is going to say, like, nope, no more lithium mining. We're going to keep burning coal forever. And like, it's just so funny because the amount of money it would cost even just to pay them a fair value for their lithium wouldn't really eat into their profits, but it would eat into their profits a little bit. And that's just they cannot fucking even fathom remotely giving up just even a, a smidgen of their profits if they're not rapidly growing they're 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 fucking like completely miserable and they can't they just can't fathom a situation where you're not rapidly expanding and constantly raising prices while you know stagnating wages it's it's really unreal like when people say that capitalism is a death cult people i think kind of you know overuse that phrase but it really is i don't know how you can see it as anything else when you really think about the way that people like elon musk fucking operate like there's just no sustainability to any of this and 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 i don't think anyone gives a fuck because they know they're going to cash out before it fucking explodes but it's really remarkable when you when you see shit like this like i I just don't you know i mean i i just love it when they stop pretending that democracy means anything other than just unfettered capitalism right i I hate even saying the word unfettered because it sounds like i'm putting a little prefix on it well but, well no. we but we know what you're saying and it's different than when people are like well you know the problem is unfettered capital like that's oh that's, it's, it's crony capitalism that's the problem yeah <laughs> or it's like, corporatism like what the you fucking moron like well Jesus actually Christ. it's neoliberalism no it's just it's just fucking liberalism you right. can say that word now it's all the same um, it's all one fucking but, thing but the thing that all these articles left out because they wanted to frame it all as some far left agenda being forced on regular people that they valiantly rejected. The thing they leave out is that this, this writing of a new constitution was mandated by the original 2020 referendum in which 80% of Chileans voted that the country had to draft a new constitution because they're so sick of the the neoliberal Pinochet bullshit. Right. So maybe this went too far. Maybe people were lied to, but, you know, and maybe 388 articles is too much for people to, you know, process in one fell swoop. But the idea that the people didn't want change of some kind that was going to be progressive and moving leftward uh, is bullshit. And that's why none of these articles mention that fact that even though only, uh, you know, even though 62% of the voters rejected this constitution, 80% of the voters were demanded, made by law, it, you know, that it has to have a new constitution at some point. So they have to go back and do it again. Right. And there will be a new constitution that's been mandated right. by a supermajority of the voters. So, you know, of course, they don't want people to know that. They want everyone to think that this is just, you know, they're a conservative country. They're happy with the old constitution. Why change horses in midstream? Why the left is forcing this on everybody? No, this is the people wanting something different, wanting something new, wanting something more progressive than, uh, you know, a fucking. I mean, you look, look, look at the pictures of Pinochet. Like, it, he looks like a cartoon villain. Right. You know, <laughs> that right. fuck with all the medals and the fucking sword and the hat and all that shit, you know, twirling the fucking waxed mustache bullshit. It's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Seriously? <laughs> this is <laughs> the people that, like, love him and make jokes about how he dropped communists out of helicopters. Like, that's right. your hero. Right. Fucking snidely whiplash. It's I mean, he, he, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it, but it's true. You look at him and he couldn't be trying harder to look like a fucking member of the SS, like an, like an SS fucking colonel. And and it's just, yeah. Yeah. This, this is the guy. What that, was yeah, that character him. from street fighter that had basically the same outfit? bison. Yeah. No, he, he literally looks like fucking M, <laughs> like, like old man bison. Like if they did like, the, like the, the, the fucking Logan equivalent of like street fighter, <laughs> just be like old man fucking, oh, man. I don't know what the M stands for, but whatever the L. M stands for old man murdering uh, murdering uh, bison. bison um yeah so by the way p- played to fucking insane excellence uh by Raul Julia in one of his last fucking performances before he died in that horrible fucking absurd movie oh my the god Street- did you ever see the Street Fighter movie I vaguely know of his, his so existence bad. it's so it, it's definitely if you're into it's so bad it's good it's one of the most it's so bad it's good movies you'll ever see is it better or worse than the Super Mario Brothers movie? I I find it more enjoyable, but it is in the same vein as like so bad and so not in line with the source material that it that it becomes good again. Yeah. I'll tell you, Dennis Hopper in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh like, man, yeah, man, did the cocaine money run out one day? <laughs> well, same, no, and same with Raul Julia. Like it was the same fucking you know like like excellent you know actor like la- one of the last kind of roles or well not last roles but you know like <laughs> like i gotta take this paycheck role 
has no business being nearly as good of an actor in this part as there is like just way over the top performances. Yeah. In both well, of now those they movies. started making these kinds of movies good so they can get top tier talent and not have to, you know, worry about the shame factor. <laughs> right. Anymore. Right. Right. You're it's not like, just eh, we the got a spring for of the world or whatever. Yeah. Let's reboot the moral camp combat movie, but make it halfway decent and then have nobody you've ever heard of be in it. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's like, instead of getting A-list talent, we'll get some A-list special effects. So, so we did oh, have man. some good news. Um, we wanted to end on here. Uh, and I hadn't been really paying attention to uh, anything because I was out of town for a week. Um, but I kept seeing uh, Bed Bath & Beyond trending for the last few days. I'm like, that's weird, but I'm not going to click on it. And then I kept seeing it again. I'm like, what the fuck is this old fucking store from the mall doing in my feed for multiple days? And I finally clicked on it. And oh, man, I, I know I'm late to the party with this. But what if instead of Bed Bath & Beyond, it was Blood Bath & Beyond? <laughs> right? Uh, because the CEO of the company jumped out of his 18-story condo window and went splat on the New York City streets <laughs> of Manhattan. Yeah. Um, which is just like the best, like, uh, I, I mean, I, obviously we weren't alive for the great depression, 1927 with this or 1929, whatever the fuck, well, I don't fucking care what it was when the stock market crashed and these people had enough shame to actually end their lives. You know, this fucking stockbroker assholes by jumping out of their high rise office buildings because they realized they had no money and without money, they felt that their lives had no worth. And I would argue that, you know, uh, fuck them. <laughs> right. <laughs> lives really didn't have any worth. So yeah, like this this guy apparently <laughs> I'll just I'll just read it. Yeah. So the chief financial officer of financially struggling Bed Bath and Beyond died Friday after jumping from a New York City high rise, authorities said. This is this is I love this. Emergency medical workers at the scene confirmed the death of Gustavo Arnal, 52, after he fell from the 57-story skyscraper known as the Jenga Tower in New York's Tribeca neighborhood. He didn't fall from the 57th floor. He's apparently right. only rich enough to afford the 18th floor. Oh, man. It's fucking yeah. slumming it. That bath right. and beyond, you know, not what it used to be in the 90s. <laughs> Arnell's death becomes uh, death comes in mid-economic turmoil for the chain in a recent lawsuit. This is where it gets good. Last week, the Associated Press reported the company announced that it would shutter about 150 of its stores and cut its workforce by 20%, estimating that the changes could save the company $250 million in its fiscal year. That's not the good part. I'm sorry. Uh, in August, it, its stock plunged more than 40% after a 350% spike that same month. The Washington Post reported, sounds like a little pump and dump, don't you think? Well, that was like a meme. I remember Bed Bath & Beyond was one of the meme stocks that like got really like heavily traded when the GameStop thing took off. So I think that probably yeah. had a lot to do with it. There were a lot of people pumping and dumping into GameStop. Well, it turns out Bed people pumping and dumping were the people jumping out of the buildings <laughs> who got caught. <laughs> right. So the Washington Post uh, reported also, let's see here, in August, da, 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 da. Uh, Washington Post reported uh, that uh, this the the drop after the spike happened, uh, according or riding a wave of excitement from uh, investors after billionaire Ryan Co uh, Cohen took a large stake in the struggling retailer. The company's stock went up into a free fall for days when Cohen signaled that he would drop his shares. It closed Friday at eight dollars and sixty three cents, a sixty three percent drop from its August peak of twenty three oh eight. A Securities and Exchange Commission filing confirmed that Cohen had sold his entire stake in Bed Bath & Beyond, profiting more than $58 million, according to MarketWatch, after selling 7.78 million shares at weighted average prices ranging from $18 to $29. Arnell sold 55,013 Bed Bath & Beyond shares in transactions between August 16 and 17, according to Reuters calculations based on SEC filings. Those sales amounted to 1.4 million, though Arnell Hills still had about 250,000 shares remaining in the company, according to the outlet. On August 24th, shareholders who said they had lost 1.2 billion filed a complaint alleging that Bed Bath and Beyond, Arnell, and Cohen participated in a scheme to inflate the price of its stock to sell shares at a higher price. So yeah, they got caught doing a little pump and dump and fucking head honcho guy jumped out the fucking window and went splat on, on the fucking pavement Jesus. and i love the, the i read the police report it says the uh the individual was found unconscious and unresponsive 
it's like I, I guess that's like it's like that like and if it kills me yes that's what death is that's that's <laughs> oh no 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 what's the line from infinity war and if i die yes killing you that's what killing you means <laughs> <laughs> i mean just i i love it it's just un, unconscious and unresponsive we don't know how far he fell. Maybe he's still alive. It's like literally if you jump 18 stories and hit the pavement, you're not going to be a body anymore. You're going to be a pile of goo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, but um, it, yeah, it, it just, <laughs> I guess we had some good news to close the week out on. Cause you know, well, just, and, he, and he jumped in on this fucking scheme and he only made $1.4 million out of it like that. Just go to the fucking lawsuit. Just he's, weather it. You know, these people are not fucking smart. I mean, that's the thing I always say whenever we talk about the richest people in this country is they're fucking idiots. I mean, look at Elon Musk. He's a I mean, you, he's he's stupid enough to constantly tweet his inner thoughts so we can see he is really not remarkable in any way, shape or form. He's not a scientist. He's not an intelligent person. He's just, you know, very good at throwing around the money he inherited to buy up a bunch of property and and, and you know, scientific uh, IP and claim it as a zone. Um, and you know, you can get ahead in this world by convincing people, convincing other dumb people who think they're smart, that you're smart when you're actually not. That's a huge industry in this country is, is convincing fucking dumb bros that you're actually smarter than you are. And you might think it's callous to say, you know, this guy committed suicide and, you know, over $1.4 million in, in, you know, like, well, he wasn't that rich if he only made that. It's like, no, this guy would rather die than be a penny poorer. <laughs> it's true. If, so, that's you know. what, if that's what somebody thinks about poverty, they'd rather be, they'd rather kill themselves than live your life. What do they, what do you think they think about you? Yeah. Less, less than fucking nothing. So, you know, Hey, this I just to paraphrase uh Inglorious Bastards, this guy wants to die for capitalism, oblige him. <laughs> oh yeah. god. So that's that's all I had. I wanted to keep a short show this week yeah. since uh you know we got other shit we gotta do. Dwindling <sighs> days of summer, we want to go out and have fun, play, whatnot, but uh um, right. Labor Day. It was Labor Day, the, the fake labor holiday <laughs> a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. I mean it's still good, it's still good that people get a day off, but it was much like Christmas, it was created to steal fucking thunder away from the real holiday that it was supposed to be, you know, <laughs> Juneteenth. <laughs> right. No. Well, in Labor Day's case, it's obviously May Day, but yes, it, it pretty much every, you know, holiday. Well, I mean, they, they made Juneteenth a holiday to try to get people to stop writing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. This we And, you know, not to read about, you know, Haitian revolution and things like that, but it's, you know, it, this country and this, you know, sort of just Western, you know, uh, whatever you conglomerate has always been great at sort of diverting attention from things that they don't want you to think about by sort of liberalizing and neutering, uh, neutering it and repackaging it. And, you know, we see it with Gorbachev. We see it with fucking with May Day becoming Labor Day. We see it with fucking you know fucking winter solstice becoming christmas like it's just throughout history we've been very good at this um so yeah that but so that happened this week so i thought you just mentioned it <laughs> i'm fucking tired bro uh all right let's get out of here because uh I'm about spent for this episode, but if you want to support the show, rate and view and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots, soundcloud.com slash move left, patreon.com slash move left. I'm on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Okay, share my head.
So 